This is Family Life Today. Our host is the Executive Director of Family Life, Dennis Rainey. I'm Bob Lapine. Happy Valentine's Day. We're talking about romance on the broadcast today. I hope you can stay with us. Welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us on the broadcast as we continue looking at the subject of romance. And once again today, because of the nature of what we're going to be talking about, it may be uh, inappropriate for younger listeners to be joining us. Parents may want to use some discretion because we're talking about how men look at romance. And as you've said over the last couple of days, Dennis, men look at it uh, not exclusively, but primarily from the aspect of the sexual relationship. In fact, on yesterday's broadcast, uh, you mentioned that it is a wise woman who will assume some responsibility for uh, affirming her husband in his sexuality. Uh, You also talked about the fact that a lot of men don't understand themselves their need for uh, the sexual relationship. That's right. And then you talked about how a man needs to be needed and needs to know that his wife uh, desires him. Yeah, and and even as you're going through that list, what we talked about yesterday, uh, just revisiting that, you know, it feels risky to me as a man to talk to women about their husband's need sexually. And certainly uh, we're making some generalizations here that... uh, don't apply to every man because God has made men differently. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think we're too much off the mark when it comes to what men really desire from their wives. You know, I have counseled and interacted with men over the past 18 years at hundreds of family life marriage conferences. And um, their word to me as you approach this subject speaking to women is just tell them how we feel. Help us communicate to our wives what's going on inside of us because I don't have a vested interest here. I'm just after healthy marriages that are following Jesus Christ because I think our God made the sexual dimension of the marriage relationship. And so a healthy marriage will necessarily involve a healthy sexual relationship. Yeah, and you would think Americans would be able to uh, talk about this subject of sex, especially speaking to wives about their husband's sexuality, but I don't think it's that easy for wives to hear or for men to talk about. Mm -hmm. Now, we're more comfortable talking about it in public, but really getting down past the superficial, down to the deep core issues, especially as it relates to a man's sexuality, I think that is very threatening for couples to discuss. What do you think are some of those core issues for a husband and a wife? Well, I think a a wife needs to know that her husband is not as strong and confident as he appears to be. Hmm. Now, he may look assertive, but in reality, most men, I think, when it comes to the sexual side of their relationship with their spouse, are unsure. I think it's because we're marrying today without any clear passage into manhood. For most men, the passage from boyhood to manhood occurs when we get married. Mm -hmm. But in many cultures, 
That passage has already occurred, and a young man has already had the opportunity to grapple with the issue of, uh, of manhood and his sexuality. But when men get married today, that's when they're confronted with the issue of performing sexually in marriage. And I think a lot of married men are really afraid of failing when it comes to uh, the physical side of marital love. Well, what is it about these uh, mystical passages that you refer to for a man? Why are they so significant, and what if a man has missed one? Well, I'll never forget a, a young man that uh, became a close friend of mine over a period of time, and he'd grown up in a home where his father had deserted him as a young lad. And uh, as he began to have children and emerge as a husband uh, in this new relationship with his wife, uh, I could tell from time to time there was, there was nothing on the screen that he could pull up by way of a memory of what a man ought to do or be or act like with his wife or with his kids as a man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he didn't have that model, that mentor. And so um, I took that young man fishing one time. And in the darkness of that car as we drove to the fishing spot, which was a, an overnight trip, I began to talk to him about the passage from being a young man moving on into manhood. Mm -hmm. And uh, I told him, and I'll call him Chuck, I said, Chuck, I want to um, bless you as a man. And I want you to know that having observed you over the past four or five years, you own all the rights and privileges as a man. And I want you to know anytime you wonder what you're to do, how you're to behave, how you're to perform as a man, I want you to feel free to come back to me because I want you to know from this day forward, as an older man to a younger man, I want you to know that I am declaring and recognizing you in the full rights and privileges of manhood. Mm. You know, it was uh, a number of uh, months later that I got a phone call back from uh, that young man. And he said, you know, Dennis, it was interesting. I did not realize what was occurring in the car that night until a few months later. But now as I approach my roles and responsibilities of a man, I feel different about myself than I have in the past. And I think to those women who may be looking at their husbands and looking at a young man who may feel very insecure or maybe an older man who's still driven out of his own insecurity, You know, you may be able to be an affirming part of his transition to manhood on a daily basis. I think how a woman responds to a man sexually is a crowning celebration of a man's manhood. I think a woman who's looking at a man and she's feeling powerless to help him perhaps needs to pray that God will bring older mentors into his life and perhaps encourage her husband to pursue some of them and maybe even ask for this blessing. Hmm. Perhaps ask them what he needs to become, what he needs to do, how he needs to act to be recognized as a man. A woman may not be able to do what a, a father could have done for a son, but she can play a significant part in helping to supplement what may be missing. Yeah, I'll say this about Barbara. Um, When we were first married, there was a sense in which she affirmed me as a young man emerging into a mature man. And we've said on many occasions, I wasn't fully a man when I got married. Mm -hmm. 
she finished the job of the transition from boyhood to manhood. And it's the wise woman who realizes that when she gets married, she may be marrying a boy in certain areas of his life. He may have immaturities where he has not grown up and simply needs the belief, the affirmation, the support, the respect that only someone who knows him well and who loves him most can provide. And romance and sexuality are tools. They're assets for her, aren't they? They are, and it's the woman who understands that her response to her husband at that point is a crowning affirmation. I don't know how to say it with any more dignity. It is a very, very important part for a young man to feel affirmed by his wife. George Gildner, in his book, Men and Marriage, makes a great statement. He says, Women are puzzled by men's continual attempts to prove their manhood or ritualistically affirm it. What is it, Dennis, about uh, sexual performance that is affirming to a man's masculinity? Well, let me uh, let George Gilder make a stab at this from his book because he really states it clearly as a sociologist to help us better understand what's going on inside a man. He writes, Men must perform. There is no shortcut to human fulfillment for men, just the short circuit of impotence. Men can be creatively human only when they are confidently male and overcome their sexual insecurity by action. Now listen to this next statement. Nothing comes to them by waiting or being. A man's got to initiate. And do you feel the risk that's there for a man as he initiates. Mm -hmm. What's the woman's response? He can't control it. Let me read on what Gilder says. In general, therefore, the man is less secure sexually than the woman because his sexuality is dependent on action, and he can act sexually only through a precarious process difficult to control. Fear of impotence and inadequacy is a paramount fact of male sexuality. For men, the desire for sex is not simply a quest for pleasure. It is an indispensable test of identity. Hmm. Now, did you hear that? It is a test for a man to feel like a man. And when a wife can latch on to that idea and she understands what is at risk for a man at that point, then you know what? The lights go on inside of her where all of a sudden she can now exercise the mystical powers God has given her in the marriage relationship for the health and the well-being of the man. Now, am I overstating the sex act for the man? From the men I've talked to, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I think this, this is the core issue for men today. One last statement that Gilder writes about that I've got to read. He writes, unless men have an enduring relationship with a woman, a relationship that affords him sexual confidence, men will accept almost any convenient sexual offer. Hmm. Now think about it. Isn't that what the New Testament is trying to move men away from? Isn't that what Paul wrote about in 1 Corinthians 7? Because of immoralities, let each man have a wife and please his wife? I think so. I think God recognizes that the way he has wired men today, that they are susceptible in the marketplace 
to uh, what Solomon warned his son about. That woman in the red light district who uh, woos a man away from his home and offers him instant satisfaction. What's he trying to find there? What's he trying to prove? I think that man is trying to prove his masculinity. Yeah, so it's less about sex and more about who a man is. That's really what's behind it all, isn't it? That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. And let me just say here, it is not just the act of intercourse that makes a man a man. Mm -hmm. If you read Song of Solomon, where the woman affirmed him, she started with his character. What caused her to be attracted to him as a man was that he was a man above reproach. He had integrity. She had seen his character develop. She talked about it being like a like olive oil being refined, which had to be crushed and go through a series of rocks so it could be purified. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the picture of a man becoming like Jesus Christ. But you know what? There are a lot of men today who are running around trying to prove their manhood outside of marriage through the sex act, and that doesn't make them a man at all. That's wrong. God intended marriage to be the place where two people become one. Well, you know, as you said, some of this may be difficult for both a man and a woman to hear, uh, but you wouldn't be saying it if you didn't feel it was a critical part of the marriage relationship. Yeah, and again, we're just talking straight about how to make a marriage last for a lifetime. And uh, your husband wants you to approve of his physical and sexual approach to marital love. It's more than okay. It's good. It's been given by God, designed by the creator of the universe. He made us different. And a woman is more relational. A man is more sexual. One is not better than the other. They were meant to complement one another. And I think what happens is the man is intended to deny his sexual needs to love his wife relationally. And in the process of that, he learns self-denial. And he learns sacrificial love. I think also the same sacrificial act occurs by the wife on behalf of her husband. Sometimes she has to be willing to give up some of her own emotional needs being met. But I believe, again, it's the wise woman who can say to her husband, Thank God you as a man are made the way you're made. I welcome you as my man. Dennis, don't you think the way the culture portrays the sex act, has left a lot of Christians unable to separate the inappropriate way it's presented from the very appropriateness that God built into it? I think uh, what God designed uh, and has sought to protect by grace, the world has taken and denigrated it and has twisted it and perverted it, and what results from that is shame. But what God intends for us to experience in the marriage bed, he said it was good. Uh, I mean, think back to the Song of Solomon. In, in fact, let me just read a portion from that book, and this is King Solomon describing uh, the Shulamite woman, his, his bride's body. How beautiful your sandaled feet, O prince's daughter. Your graceful legs are like jewels, the work of a craftsman's hands. Your navel is like a round goblet, which never lacks blended wine. Your waist is a mound of wheat encircled by lilies. Your breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle. How beautiful you are and how pleasing, O oh love, with your delights. 
Your stature is like that of a palm, and your breast like the clusters of the fruit. I said, I will climb the palm tree, I will take hold of its fruit. May your breasts be like the clusters of the vine, the fragrance of your breath like apples. That is just as inspired as John 3.16. The God who inspired the scripture inspired that. That's from Song of Solomon chapter 7. You know, throughout the book, the Shulamite woman is responding to Solomon. She is affirming him for who he is. Listen to her words back to him. My lover is radiant and ruddy, outstanding among 10,000. His head is purest gold. His hair is wavy and black as a raven. His eyes are like doves beside the water's streams, washed in milk, mounted like jewels. His cheeks are like beds of spice yielding perfume. His lips are like lilies dripping with myrrh. His hands are rods of gold set with crystallite. His body is like polished ivory decorated with sapphires. His legs are pillars of marble set on bases of pure gold. His appearance is like Lebanon, choice as the cedars. This is my lover, this is my friend. O daughters of Jerusalem, eat your heart out. <laughs> That's a loose translation that there That last at the part end. was a loose translation, but I, I sensed our listeners needed to laugh. We may have some people turning around and going home on their way to work this morning. You know, the point is, God's not blushing. He's not ashamed. He made us different, but he made us to affirm one another in our differentness. And again, let us celebrate the way God has designed us sexually. Let me just make some applications uh, for a woman who's been listening. First of all, if she finds it difficult to uh, accept herself and she feels insecure about how God has made her sexually, she may find it very difficult to affirm her husband. And so that particular wife may need to spend some time in prayer, may need to get some counsel, find a a wise counselor of the same sex who can advise her and help her work through some things. Uh, Barbara and I have talked earlier in this series about those women who have been abused. Read Dan Allender's book. uh, Talk about the real issues of female sexuality and accept who God has made you to be. Secondly, I think a wife needs to move out and take some risks. Uh, Find a beginning step, however small that may be, to bless and affirm your husband in this sexual area of marriage love. And thirdly, for those who find that too risky and you're just not ready to take any risks at this point, uh, I would begin where the Shulamite woman was. She verbally affirmed Solomon. Perhaps write your own uh, praise of your husband in a letter. Perhaps state it verbally in a poem. Find a way to affirm him and how God made him as a man. You know, you mentioned Dan Allender's book. We do have it available in our Family Life Resource Center. It's called The Wounded Heart, and it has to do with the subject of sexual abuse. And if that has been a challenge for you, uh, call us and get the book and work through it. I think you'll find it helpful. Uh, Let me mention some other resources that we have available, Dennis, and I know you've got a final point you want to make on the broadcast today, but I I just want to let our listeners know we believe so strongly in how important romance is for marriage, that we have created a tool 
to help provide couples with romantic ideas and activities that they can implement in marriage uh, that will make this year, 1995, the year of romance in your marriage. The tool is called Simply Romantic. It has uh, ideas and activities. It has a booklet that you've written, Dennis, on why romance is important in marriage. It's got an audio cassette with romantic music on it. On the other side of the cassette, members of our Family Life Marriage Conference speaker team, experts on the subject of romance, talk about uh, the most romantic thing their wife or their husband has ever done in their marriage. It also has a romance questionnaire that couples can fill out that will help them better understand one another on the subject of romance. It's a great kit for couples to use to help build a more romantic marriage. And if you've been married 10 years or 15 years, or if you've got three kids running around the house and uh, you have found that romance has just seemed to slip over the last couple of years, why not get this Simply Romantic collection and begin to apply it in your marriage? It will, we guarantee it, it will provide you with a more romantic marriage. Again, it's called Simply Romantic, and it's available from our Family Life Resource Center. The cost for the collection is $19.95 plus $3 for shipping and handling. We also have this entire series available on audio cassette. All 13 broadcasts that we've done here on the subject of romance, we go back to when you talked about why romance is important, Dennis, about the uh, things that rob romance from the marriage relationship. Uh, the days we spent with Barbara as she talked with men about how a wife views romance, Uh, our interview with Mark Montgomery on the men of the Titanic, and then these days we've been spending talking to women about how a man views romance. The entire set of tapes is included in a cassette album called Creating a More Romantic Marriage. Why not get it to share it with a friend or to review it yourself? Again, it's entitled Creating a More Romantic Marriage, and the cost for the tape album is $30 plus $5 for shipping. Our address is Family Life Today, Box 8220, Little Rock, Arkansas, and the zip code is 72221. You can address it to Family Life Today, Box 8220, Little Rock, Arkansas, and the zip code again is 72221. If you'd like to call us toll-free, the number is 1-800-358-6329. That's 1-800-F as in family, L as in life, and then the word today. And when you call or write, please remember Family Life Today is a listener-supported broadcast. We appreciate those of you who have helped us in the past with your faithful financial giving. Some of you are doing that on a monthly basis, and those of you who do that really help sustain the work of this ministry, and it is appreciated. If you've never called us or written us, we would love to hear from you. Once again, write us at Family Life Today, Box 8220, Little Rock, Arkansas, the zip code 72221, and the toll-free number 1-800-358-6329. It's 1-800-F as in family, L as in life, and then the word today. One last point. Men are lonely today. And uh, there's a reason for that. Most men throughout the history of their lives have not been able to sustain close relationships with another human being. And it's no wonder they are insecure as they begin to love their wives. And, you know, that's why a woman who accepts her husband where he is and can encourage him when he does it right and just affirm him as a man for his efforts at loving you. Because every man, I believe, is in the process of learning from God how to love and how to give his life for his wife. 
Well, let me uh, wish our listeners a, a happy Valentine's Day. Hopefully the series that we've been doing here will help make this Valentine's Day a more romantic one for couples. And join us tomorrow as we conclude the series with uh, members of our Family Life team talking about how they have been ministered to romantically by their mates. I hope you can join us for that. Our engineer is Mark Whitlock. Our host is Dennis Rainey. I'm Bob Lapine. We'll see you tomorrow for another edition of Family Life Today. Family Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas, a ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ.